Do you remember the joke of Pete and repeat were in a boat? Pete fell out. Who was left? And of course you say, repeat. Pete and repeat were in a boat. Pete fell out. Who was left? Repeat. And you do it over and over. Annoying, but kind of funny. Yeah. I got laughing so hard in trying to sort of tie scripture today. And the scriptures that I'm using come from the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod liturgical calendar. They use the same Bible that the rest of the world uses, but they just plan like I think literally two or three years out at a time. And so there are there's scripture from Second Corinthians and then there's also a Bible reading from Luke. And as I was contemplating which one should I talk about all of a sudden, I realized it was kind of like Pete and repeat. So stick with me, and I'll tell you more about Pete and repeat. The verse that I'm choosing to talk about first, or I should say verses, are from Luke chapter 15. And the chapter starts off with. Pharisees totally complaining, Pharisees and religious scholars totally complaining that Jesus hangs out with people of doubtful reputation. So long story short, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are judging who Christ is hanging out with. And he shares a few stories about lost, a lost thing, a lost animal, and a lost human. So the lost, the story of the lost sheep, the story of the lost coin, and the story of the lost son. In the verses that were picked out by the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod for this fourth Sunday in Lent is the story of and I might have gotten that wrong. Um, no, fourth, fourth Sunday in Lent is the story of the prodigal son or the lost son. And I'm sure everybody has heard it. And while the son and the brother and the dad are not named, I'm saying it's Pete and repeat and their dad. So Pete comes to the dad and is like, dad. I want my inheritance now. Give me what is rightly mine now. I'm like, I'm over all of this. The dad hurt, I'm sure, gives him the, all his inherited inheritance, not his, in, it is his inherited money, but he gives him his inheritance and the kid goes off and parties like a rock star. Um, not things to be proud of for sure. But of course, money runs out. And next thing you know, he's working 
on a farm feeding slop to pigs and he's hungry hungry to the point that he's even contemplating the eating the food that's been given to the pigs but it's not available to him and he gets to thinking like dang people who work on my dad's ranch farm or vineyard or whatever it was like he feeds them he gives them breakfast lunch and supper I am totally going back and I am going to say that I've sinned against God and sinned against him and I get it like I shouldn't be your son anymore, but I'm going to work on your farm and then at least I'll get three meals a day and be able to live, right? In the meantime, his brother Repeat is still there and has been working and is what they would say, air quotes, the good son. You know, come on. In a family, is there really a good son and a bad son? I mean, good daughter, bad daughter. Let's ponder that. We'll get back to that in a second. In the meantime, repeats working on a daily basis. Pete's squandering the money and runs out of it and decides to come home. Now, the dad sees Pete coming up the long driveway <clears throat> and before he even gets halfway the dad goes barreling down and he's probably freaking out like Pete oh my gosh and he gets down there and he hugs him and he loves him and he's so excited and he tells his servants like Pete's home like get this kid some clothes get him a sandal get him the family ring and kill the fatted calf let's have a barbecue this is fun fun stuff this is exciting stuff I'm so so happy so Pete barely even gets out that I have sinned against God and sinned against you and I'm willing to be a slave and his dad's already so so happy so happy that he just instantly goes into party mode, celebration mode, and it's, they get stuff going. In the meantime, repeat gets in from a long day's work. He hears the music. He probably smells delicious barbecue. Did you enjoy that? That's me sniffing the barbecue. Can you kind of right at this moment, imagine barbecue? I have a friend that I used to work with, um, that does barbecue competitions oh my gosh delicious so so good so i can smell some barbecue cooking right now anyways and he's like hey dude to one of the other hired hands and he's like what's going on and they're like oh repeat oh my gosh pete's back pete's back and they're having a giant party for him repeat is not happy. He's like, what? Yeah. And they, he repeated it again. No, that part's a joke. And he, anyways, yeah, he's not happy. He's like, doesn't go in. He doesn't go in to eat. He doesn't go in to see his brother. He doesn't, he doesn't even go in to question his dad. He just sits out there and complains. And so the dad comes out. He knows that repeats probably done with work and he comes out and he's like, Hey, Pete's home. We're having a party. And repeats like, you've got to be kidding me. 
that loser, he gets his inheritance and he spends it on drugs and whores and partying like a rock star. And he comes home and you're happy. I've been here the whole time. Like I'm the good one. I've been working. Do you ever give me the fatted calf so I can party with my friends? And the dad is like, dude, everything I have has always been yours. Like you're here and I love you so much. Come on in. And the dad goes back in and parties and repeats, sits there and sulks. Three different people in that story, Pete, repeat, and the dad. And we can learn a little something from all of them. The next verses that are in the this week's fourth Sunday in Lent come from 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. I am going to back it up to verse 14. And I'm going to read this from the message because it's really translated very clearly. I, I like how Eugene Peterson translated this scripture. First, it starts with a subtitle, A New Life. Our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could also be included in his life. A resurrection life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. Because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. We look at the Messiah. We looked at the Messiah that one that way once and got it all wrong. I'm going to say that again because I goofed it up and I want to make sure that we understand it. We looked at the Messiah that way once and got it all wrong, as you know. We certainly don't look at him that way anymore. Now we look inside and we see, and what we see is that anyone united with the Messiah gets a fresh start and is created new. The old life is gone, a new life burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the, through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ, Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. How, you ask? In Christ. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so we could be put right with God. Good stuff, right? Listen to this quick commercial and then we will talk about Pete and repeat and the dad and how it all fits together. I'm just going to repeat, no pun intended, the verse like 14 and 15. Our, our firm decision is to work from this focused center. One man died for everyone. 
that puts everyone in the same boat. Pete and repeat are in a boat and their dad is too. So because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. So rewind to Luke where the Pharisees and Sadducees are annoyed because Jesus is hanging out with the less desirables. I'd like to think that if I lived at the same time that Jesus lived, I would have been one of those undesirables. I would hope that I would be hanging out with Jesus is my real point. Not that I want to be an undesirable. I just want to be in the presence of Christ. And so the Pharisees and Sadducees don't get it. And they're just looking for stuff to bring Christ down and to negate who Christ is. So they are clearly looking at who they are, what they have, how they look. And that's a little bit of what Pete was doing. Pete, in the beginning of the story, the prodigal son, is thinking about what he doesn't have, what he wished he would have, how he wanted to live differently than what was put before him. And so in his selfishness, he demands his inheritance. Repeat, however, keeps doing what we would say is the right thing. He's working for his dad, you know, making a living, you know, earning his keep, that kind of stuff. And then the dad is just, you know, trying to run a decent household. But he's like, this kid's unhappy. He's going to inherit money. So I'm going to give him his portion of the inheritance and, you know, hope it goes well for him. So it doesn't. Clearly it doesn't. And he comes back. And the interesting thing is it when we start talking about judging people, it says we looked at the Messiah that way once and got it wrong, as you know. This Pharisees and the Sadducees and many people and many still today look at Jesus as just a human. And when you look at a human, you can't help but judge a human. But when you look at God, you certainly, there's nothing to judge. God is perfect. God is great, right? And so that's where we got it wrong in looking at Jesus as just a human. But we don't look at Jesus that way anymore. And it says now, when we look at people, we look inside and what we see is that anyone united with Christ gets a fresh start and he is created new. The old life is gone and a new life burgeons. That's a great word. It just means a new life begins and it grows quickly. So it burgeons. Look at it. All this comes from God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. So now we go back to Pete and repeat and the dad. Pete's realizing, hey, I don't have any money anymore. And even if I did, 
I'm not very pleased with who I am and what I've done, but I don't have any money. Let's be honest. I'm destitute and all of a sudden the pig slop looks delicious. So he decides to say, I have sinned against God and I have sinned against my dad and I'm going to go back and apologize and ask to be a hired hand. So he wants a new life. He's realizing that he needs forgiveness and a new life. And, and the dad, way down at the end of the driveway is this kid, and the dad sees him, and he's looking inside, and he wants a fresh start. And so he runs after his kid and is like, oh my gosh, like just showing up, you're forgiven. Isn't that cool? Like just sometimes when we just show up in front of God himself, we're forgiven. And so there it is. There is the dad who knows that God settles relationships between him and us. And he, God, calls us to settle our relationships with each other. And because God has, like like the message says, God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, given the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins, and God gives us the task. That's what the dad is doing. The dad is saying, fresh start. Let's make this work. So happy. I love you so much. This is great, right? But now you get repeat coming in from the field and he's just looking at what Pete had and what he has now. And he's like, what? How's he getting a fresh start? He doesn't deserve it. Well, do any of us, does anybody really deserve forgiveness? I mean, it's not very often. And even when, even when Pete came back to say, I'm sorry, and he's saying he's sorry, well, sorry doesn't give the dad that money back. Sorry doesn't eliminate all the harm Pete did to himself and others through his abusive behavior. So do we deserve our forgiveness? Probably not. But the dad gave it to him anyways. And was the brother looking at his, was repeat looking at his brother Pete with forgiveness and, and looking at him in light of the cross? I mean, one man died for everyone. That puts everyone in the same boat. Jesus is saying we're all in the same boat. And when Pete falls out of the boat, we help him back in the boat and we dry him off and we love him. And that's what he wants us to do. And yet repeats just worried about himself. And so often everybody thinks of the prodigal son as the bad kid and the other brother as the good kid. Well, how good is the kid if, yeah, he's doing all the work, but he's clearly resentful. And then when he de- when the dad says, hey, I love you, like you're here, everything I have is yours. 
And the kid's just like, yeah, hey, you never gave me a fatted calf for my friends and me to party with. Like, it wasn't even like saying like, hey, dad, you know, I've never eaten this with you and our family and invited friends over. No, he's like, hey, what about me and my friends? It's like, he's got some issues too. And the dad says, I love you too. This dad is so forgiving. He's forgiving of his crazy partying rock star son. And he's forgiving of his bitter, resentful son. And he loves both of them anyways. And he says, come inside. And he doesn't dwell on the drama. He doesn't do anything else, but he says, Hey, I love you. And everything I have is yours too. I think the cool part about this whole scripture is that it is truly worth repeating. Speaking of repeat, I am going to repeat the ending of 2 Corinthians 5, somewhere around maybe 16 through 21. God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already friends with you. How, you ask? In Christ. God put the wrong on him who never did anything wrong so we could be put right with God. Jesus didn't do anything wrong and was crucified for our behalf. It went all the way back to Adam and Eve eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And God warned them that when you eat from this tree, you will surely die. And when we die and we are sinful, we are separated from God. And so the only way to fix that was to have somebody pay the price for that sin. And that was Jesus. And so God himself loved the people that he created so much that he would come down in human form and first teach us all these things so that we could be his representatives. I think in the NIV, it says ambassadors. That's a good word too. And so what a great what a great lesson in the prodigal son and this message that is in 2 Corinthians and how it all ties together and how we have to we have to look at all of the stuff that is in the Bible and continue to fit those puzzle pieces together like I talked about that I think the Bible is like a puzzle and we want to fit all of those um, parts together. Maybe you want to 
not look at it as a puzzle. Maybe you want to look at it as a recipe and you put all the ingredients in and it becomes this beautiful cake or pie or, you know, of course I have to go to sweet things, but maybe it's a savory barbecued beef since we're talking about the prodigal son. My point being though is I love how God quite on purpose shares this same message of love God and love people. Like our job is to get to know God and in doing so, loving on others. And we, we need to share this message. We need to make sure that we are representing God and telling people, hey, stop judging, make sure to forgive, love each other, and become with friends and become friends with God. And how do we do it? In Jesus, because Jesus who did nothing wrong, became wrong for us so that we could be right with God. That, friends, is, like I said, a message that is worth repeating. Pete and repeat were in a boat and Pete fell out. Who was left? No one, because repeat jumped in and saved his brother because he loved him so much. Let's learn from Pete and repeat and the dad. And more importantly, let's learn from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Let's look at our brothers and our sisters, both that we are related to and our brothers and sisters in Christ. And let's look at them, not from the outside, but from the inside, and from the inside, the way that Jesus looks at them and the way that Jesus died on the cross for everyone in the boat. Hope you're having a great Lent. We only have a few more weeks and pretty soon it will be Easter week. Stick with me and we'll keep talking about all the crazy stories in the Bible and all the good stuff that God teaches us. Love all of you.